reports that say there's that 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 something hasn't happened are always interesting to me. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Please no flash photography throughout our program. The known unknowns. That is to say, we know there's some things we do not know. We're live from somewhere in the Midwest. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Known Unknowns. We're a podcast about all things strange, Fordian, unknown, unsolved, and just plain weird. My name is Peter. I'm joined by Stevie. Hello. And today, we're actually going to talk about our monthly news happenings. That's a that's, weird way of saying that, a, but I said yeah, it. Well done, Peter. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. This is entirely unscripted. It's wonderful. Well, so whatever happens just kind of happens? I think I think that's how you would say that, yeah. Well, Peter, a lot of stuff has happened this last month. That's a fact. And we're going to skip over most of it because we can't possibly talk over talk about everything that happened. That is also a fact. Why don't you start off with us with something, Peter? Okay, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some categories, Stephen. Should we talk about all right, all right. cryptids, aliens, uh, actual factual science, or selfies? Let's start with selfies, Peter. That sounds the most innocent. Okay. So this is this is in Colorado. Um, what day is today? This happened yesterday. Well, yesterday was when the article that I have in front of me came out anyway. A bear sure. in a... Wildlife area. Oh, another yes, bear story? Yes, we just had a couple Right of outside of Boulder, Colorado. The park rangers at whatever park this is. I don't think it's... It doesn't actually say what park, but they have a camera system in place to take photos of wildlife, right? Sure. So apparently, there's a sp- single bear who found one of these cameras and took over 400 pictures with it just by... Walking up to it and standing <laughs> right in front of it, uh, act, like a lot of these pictures actually look like it's posing for the camera. <laughs> they're they're pretty good, but that's actually kind of funny. yeah. It's just and it didn't. There are nine cameras. It didn't visit any of the other nine. Just went to the same camera okay. four hundred times. Sure, and just kept kept taking pictures. Peter, was this bear? Uh, do we have any evidence that this bear was doing cocaine? I don't. It does. You know, I'm looking at the pictures. It does not look like a bear on cocaine. It does okay. look like a bear who's trying to put together a Tinder profile, though. <laughs> what does that even mean? Um, what, what? I don't think bears have Tinder, P- Peter. They, they, it sounds like they would use Bumble more than. Uh, oh, you know, good point. Tinder, good point. Then they can get the the I honey from the bumblebees. Mm, true. True. I don't know how to send this to you, but I will have to see if I can figure out a way to send you these these photos, and then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So for the the Bears Bumble profile, sure. I'll, sh- I'll sh- that's all there is. We'll to that throw story. that onto our Discord. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm gonna try to keep it a little lighthearted too, Peter. In the in the animal realm, it's not, this isn't lighthearted at all, but it's gonna be in the animal realm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because a jogger. In Wickham, Australia, came across what they thought was a dead body mm. uh, inside of a tracksuit. Okay. But, Peter, the police cordoned off the area and then waited for the forensic team to arrive. Yep. And they ended up being there most of the day. 
And when the forensic crew finally arrived, they looked at the, the, the body and said, that's not a person, that's a cow. <laughs> In a tracksuit. It turned out someone someone put a tracksuit on a cow and a <laughs> dead cow. And it tricked the Wickham Australian police for Zen. all day that they spent watching oh the, my God. the crime scene. This is what uh, the police sergeant Dale Harmer said about the situation in a very mm. upset tone of voice. It has caused police to use an entire day and three <laughs> police officers guarding a scene for something which was never a human in the first place. You know, you would think and that both. at some point they would have, like, so, gone to invest. Like, I don't think you need the forensics team to just, like, go look, you know? Because literally, it sounds like what happened was somebody <laughs> called the cops and was like, there's a body. And they just went, yeah, sure, okay. And then they just stopped people from going there. They never went to confirm that there was a body. Like, what if what if that had been a body and it was alive? And they just, they never went to look at it. So they don't, like. The, the di- it turns out he yeah, died. The coroner like gets there is like, oh, it, it's been dead for about but ten minutes. <laughs> I don't understand the tracksuit part. Did someone like actually put a tracksuit right. on the 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 cow corpse, or was it lying on top of it? I don't have any information or about that. <laughs> maybe it was part what? of a strange uh, a ritual mafia? to to bring uh, bring us some Eastern European uh, gangs to. To Australia. To Australia, yeah. to Wickham, Australia. Right, the Slavs. I'm gonna put that down on the on the lower end of slightly less likely possibility, Peter. But since we're talking about Eastern Europe, Peter, as you kinda know, there's a little bit of a ruckus going mm-hmm. on in Ukraine at the moment. Well, Peter, an injured Ukrainian soldier had surgery done on him. Okay. Just the other uh, earlier this week, this guy is the luckiest person that I've heard of in a while, Peter, because he had a grenade inside oh. of his body, inside of his chest cavity. Oh, he was hit by a grenade launcher, but the grenade didn't explode and impaled itself inside of his chest. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So they had to get the. Best doctor, basically, in the entire Ukrainian mm-hmm. army to operate on him. Uh, it was done by... The, the, the operation was carried out by the most experienced surgeon of the armed forces of Ukraine. Major General of the Medical Service, okay. Andrei Verba. Who apparently could, couldn't they... I didn't know this, Peter, but there's something called... Where did it go? Right here. Uh, it's something called electrocoagulation. Which is a process by which medical treatment can be done to stop bleeding using electricity. Huh. Yeah, but they couldn't use it on uh, this soldier because they set were worried the they would set, they would set off the grenade. I wonder if yeah. that's just like a fancy way of saying they like cauterized it with electricity. I don't know. That's a very good electrocoagulation. Yeah, it looks. It kind of looks like looks just like that, Peter. It's a procedure that uses heat from an electric current. To destroy abnormal mm. tissue. So that could just be caught some sort of cauterization, yeah. maybe. I'm, we're, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about this. But, uh, Peter, the surgery was a complete success. Okay. And the serviceman was sent back behind lines for further rehabilitation and recovery. Good. Good. Good to hear someone <laughs> someone making it. Yep. We cover a lot of people who don't. So The dull who just don't make it. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
It's nice to win. One. What do you got? What do you got next for us, Peter? Uh, let's move into some uh, cryptids here. Well, yes, let's do it. As as you know, Stevie, I'm a I'm a big fan of cryptids. Some of our listeners probably know this. Loch Ness monster, probably one of the most oh, well known. He, he keeps reappearing on our news every almost every almost, other week. Almost every month, we've got we've got some story about the Loch Ness monster. However, for for instance, you know, I think two two or three months ago, we discovered that the who the Loch Ness monster was. It was just yep. a sock puppet. Um, mm-hmm. That's a fact. And b- before that, we learned that he lived in the, the Stranger Things universe. Yes, at the bottom of the lake. Yep, yep. We did learn that. Well, guess what, Stevie? Oh, let's go, Peter. What do you got? The Loch Ness monster is no longer in Scotland. What? The Loch Ness monster has escaped the waters of the Loch Ness. Okay. Uh, because you see, it was seen recently in the U.S. in an inlet in Atlantic Beach, North Carolina. I also have a video of this that I'll be sending to you to we'll get oh, that yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post thrown that up. up on the Discord as well. But as you can see in the video, it's clearly wow. a thing. <laughs> that's one of the, that's that's totally the Loch Ness monster there, Peter. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's a thing in the water and it's moving, and so it's got to be it's got to be the Loch Ness monster. Now the question, Peter, why did they immediately go with the Loch Ness monster and not any of the plethora of American lake monsters? Look, 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 when look, look, have... look, 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 look. <laughs> when we you're trying to become famous on Twitter. Like, like you know Champ. <laughs> Champ. We have Champy. We do have Champy. Like Champ Lane. Champ, Champy is very cool. Ogopogo. I'm, I'm a big fan I think fan Ogopogo of is another. Uh, yep. Ogopogo is another leg monster. Yeah. We, and I'm sure there are others. We have several of them. But when you're trying to become Twitter famous, you're not going to yes. use some local lake monster. You got to go for the big one. And the big one is Nessie. So there you have it. Nessie's in America. Probably doesn't have a passport. We'll see if we can get her deported. Well, Peter, this next story is not really a cryptid. I w- well, maybe. Do you, do you think a zombie is a cryptid, Peter? Do you think a zombie is kind of a cryptid? I think you can make the argument that a zombie is a cryptid. Oh. Well, we're talking about fictional zombies here for a moment because this last month, HBO aired a brand new show, which I'm a, I'm going to suggest you all watch, called The Last of Us, mm, based I've heard on good the video game. And in it, zombies. Not zombies. They're not zombies. No, they're, they're not zombies. That's exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. today. Because what drives this story is not a zombie virus that reanimates the dead, but a fungus that messes with the human brain and turns them into mindless creatures exactly. that spread themselves. They're drones. What I wanted to talk about today, Peter, is the fact that that shit is actually real. Oh. And exists in real life. Is it bath salts? It's called Ophicordyceps. Okay. Have you ever heard have you ever, have you ever heard of these, Peter? I haven't, no. So this is a type of fungus that will attach itself to an ant, right? And then it will grow into the ant. Ooh. And it turns about half of the body's ant's body into fungus while putting like tendrils uh-huh. up into the brain of the ant to control the ant's uh, movement and stuff. So it they basically become brainwashed zombie ants, which allows it to manipulate the insect's behavior. Huh. The Ophiocordyceps then tell the ant to climb up a branch on a tree 
to the very end of the branch where it's overlooking the ground as much area as it can, right, Peter? It then sticks the ant to the the mm-hmm. end of the branch with its fungus-like stuff, and then the ant dies. And from the ant's head, fungal stalks start bursting out, which uh, are its like reproductive Ugh. things, and it then spreads its spores down onto the colon on to any ants that are nearby in the colony to reproduce itself to do the same thing and again and oh again God. and again. These pictures of this are horrific, Peter. It's just it's some of them. Yeah, I just I googled it and I'm pulling these up and it's like yeah. holy crap. But uh, that's like kind of terrifying. There are 35 known Ophiocordyceps species that each affect a different species of animal. Mike, the mycologist, which is a fancy term for someone who deals with Fungus. funguses, yep, isn't really too worried about this, Fungi. Peter, because the each of these fungus can only really affect one certain species. Okay, so it can only one can only affect a type of ants. Uh, huh. But the mycologist said basically the fungal my, uh, mycologist said that fungal infections in humans are comparatively to viral and bacterial infections, are almost not studied. They're completely understudied and difficult to treat. Hmm. But luckily, most of the fungus that we breathe in is mostly harmless. But uh, more than 300 million people around the world get a serious fungal infection annually, and about 1.5 million of them die. Huh. So So what you're saying is it's only a matter of time before these funguses, fungi... For these fungi evolve and turn us into zombies. Yep. Uh, exactly. The warming temperature can allow different types of fungus to thrive, mm-hmm. and it's not—it's not you know outlandish that global warming has increased the thermal tolerance of fungi to new levels. It's you know that hasn't been that hasn't been proven, but it's a fungal hypothesis. But it's possible. Would you say it's a fun goal hypothesis? I don't. I don't. I don't think so, Peter. Because most of okay. these are already resistant to some antifungal drugs that we have been using for a while and can't be affected oh. by them. <laughs> so, but yeah, this is what uh, the mycologist I mentioned earlier said. There's a lot of serious concerns in the world, but this isn't one of them. This isn't one because of them. They're not too Which is worried why about we're reporting brain, on it. Uh, because of brain, we're not going to have brain fungus zombies. Is what they're basically saying. So that yeah. that's one thing you can remove from your list of worries. Yeah. Luckily, but I think the human brain is slightly check, check more complex show. than an ant's. So we're probably, you know, at least a couple billion years away from probably safe from anything like that popping up. Well, Stevie, Although would you like to talk about some aliens? Could be a crazy year, Peter. Oh, it's true. Yes, that's I true. love aliens. Let's do it. Okay. So I've got I've got a couple things here. I'm going to start with over in Seattle. Um, there was a fireball, a okay. mysterious, unexplained fireball. It was very, very bright. Someone caught it on a webcam. Someone caught it on like their ring doorbell cam. Sure. Other people got it on their cell phone, but it was a big thing. And it, it's bright green, shoots across the sky. It's, it's interesting. It's kind of cool. Obviously, sure. you think a fireball streaking across the sky and you think a meteor, but it was much larger than like an average when you see, you know, you see like a shooting wow. star or a meteor or whatever. So. That was kind of a fun little thing that happened. Um, I don't have any answers as to what it was. Nobody. It was kind of one of those things. I think it was There's like a, been f- a couple of. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
there's been a couple of UFO incidents recently, Peter. I think in Washington, in that area too, someone discovered a section of their lawn. Uh, they saw a UFO and then saw a section of the snow on their lawn had been melted oh. in a perfectly circular area. Yeah. And then if I remember the timeline correctly, like that same day, Russia uh, apparently claims that they shot down a UFO in the Rostov region. Mm. Would they have footage of a round thing in the air being blown up? Okay. So who okay. knows? Uh, there was also uh, an active volcano in a Pacific Island somewhere that someone captured a picture of a floating disc in like in the smoke. Okay. So these things are everywhere, Peter. Well, I have another aerial phenomena. All right. What uh, do you got? This one is was over in Hawaii. This was on okay. an actual real science telescope captured this flying spiral. Um and it was okay. published by you know an actual scientific community published this video it's a time lapse where you you see this little blue dot and it just gets bigger and bigger and closer and closer and eventually it it looks like a galaxy almost but like obviously much closer than you would and larger than you'd ever see a galaxy before i don't know they say that it's yeah they call it an atmospheric phenomena from a satellite being launched (laughs) but it seems like it's getting closer satellites generally get further away so i I have my my doubts. We'll keep an and eye on that last story there, but Peter. not least. Yeah, see if anything else oh. comes out. We're gonna head. So we went to Seattle down to Hawaii. We're gonna head over to yep. Massachusetts now. Okay. So a couple in Massachusetts uh, were watching a YouTube video about astronauts allegedly seeing UFOs. Right. All right. They're yes, sitting at they... home watching this video, doing their research, and they stepped outside to smoke a cigarette. And while they're standing outside smoking the cigarette, they're talking about this video that they saw and apparently saw a UFO with it, quote, within less than five seconds of talking about that out loud, the pair spotted a puzzling orb that quote was so bright. The light illuminated their faces as if in the presence of fireworks, Uh, end quote, according to what, according to the two, the peculiar UFO ascended silently into the sky while emitting spark like elements before disappearing from sight. So they were... Sparky, rainbow-like yeah, lights. Yeah, kind of typical things that you'll hear in a UFO sighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reported it to the National UFO Reporting Center. Okay. But as the night went on, they were kind of talking about it. They went back inside. About an hour later, they came back out for another cigarette. And they, as okay. soon as they stepped out of their house, a black SUV pulled up right in front of their house. And a tall man dressed Ooh. all in black. <laughs> Do you see where this is going? Stepped out of the SUV. I I have an idea. Walked up to the sidewalk and then just stood there and stared at him. And then they saw on either end of the block was another tall man wearing all black. So there was three in total, one on either end of the block and then one with the SUV right in front of him. And they said they kind of swayed side to side in unison while they were staring at him. And until they got the heebie-jeebies and went inside. That is a common effect in both men and black stories, Peter, and some certain types of uh, insectoid aliens, which we haven't covered yet, but Ooh, we will. Okay, they do. They have the, the kind of swaying, almost hypnotic. Mm-hmm. You get you lose your you kind of lose your mind a little bit, kind of unfocused and get distracted. Yeah, that's when they get you. Interesting. Well, we'll, we'll, t- we'll wow. do a whole men in black 
probably probably theories about Men in Black. There's so much to cover that we can't there, do in one episode. There's a lot. What? Uh, for instance, there's the reboot, mm-hmm. so we'd have to talk about that. There's Men in Black 1. There's <sighs> Men in Black 2. I think there was yes, a Men in Black there's, 3. There's four movies, Peter, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'd have to do an episode for each one probably just to you know make sure we get everything. I'm going to move on to our next story, Peter. <laughs> But I'm going to stay in Massachusetts because we happen to be we happen to be here right now. Okay. Uh, because in Dorchester, Massachusetts, firefighters responded to a house on fire. Police officers at the scene talked to a witness who said a woman named Nikia Riviera shouted at them, "I'm sorry, I had to do it," before she ran away on foot. <laughs> Uh-oh. Later, Uh-oh. when later when the cops managed to get their hands on her, Riviera, a forty-five-year-old woman, told officers that that house is haunted. I lit the house on fire. The devil made me do it. <laughs> there are ghosts in my house. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Peter. Okay. Uh, luckily, no residents of the three-story apartment building were hurt. That's good. But she was charged with arson and ordered to undergo psychiatric evaluation. Mm, no probably uh, for the best word if the devil will be appearing in her defense so <laughs> in we'll <court>. see if, <laughs> yeah you know you can subpoena that guy as many times as you want but he just he doesn't like showing up do we want a fun story after that one peter or a, a not so fun story after that one mm, i say let's bring, bring it let, the, let's decider, bring the tone the down decider. a little bit give us a give us a give us an ugly one well peter Remember that story, I think it was last month, where you talked about KFC and how they had a little tiny mm-hmm. bit of a slip-up with an automatic calendar. They had a little whoopsie-doodle, yes. Where they celebrated yes. Kristallnacht. Yep. Yes. Well, Peter, the Askern Medical Practice in Doncaster, United Kingdom, uh-huh. well, had a, a little mistake, a little mistakey mistake at the very end of last year uh, when the hospital accidentally send a text message to all of the patients who had been to that hospital in the last year, informing them that they have, quote, aggressive lung cancer with metastases, end quote. Oh, oh, God. Oh, boy, Peter. That's not a good thing to do. So, and about, luckily, Peter, a half an hour later, they sent another email telling them, about the mass email error. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a little oh late for a couple people. One patient named Sarah Hargreaves said she had her worst emotional breakdown when she read the first text message. Quote, I just had a mole removed and was awaiting a result from the biopsy. Oh, God. So, yes, I was oh. very worried. Holy. <laughs> Another wow. patient... That's right. Uh, by the name of Carl Chegwin was confused. He said, it's not, not often that I go to the doctors. I just sat in my chair, scratching my head, thinking, I do smoke. Do they know something I don't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that would be my reaction if I if I got an email yeah. like that. I'd be like, how did they know? Did, what, did, what tests did they do while I was under? That's a, when am I going to get the bill for this? That that would be. Uh, I'm just trying to think of imagining that happening. You go to the doctor and then you get a text message that you have cancer. Oh, no, no, thank you. Right? No, oh, thank you. That'd be terrible. What do you got next for us, Peter? 
All right, this is my last one that I've got. But okay, how how well would you say you remember middle school science, Stevie? I would like to believe that I remember it better than I actually do. Okay, okay. So most of the stuff I know is not not probably true, but we'll we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see. So you know, Earth is a ball, right? We can both agree on that. Yeah, I don't know if all of our it's listeners agree with that, yes. but this is. Yes, Earth being a sphere is something that we're taught in school. If you disagree with that, that's your own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unless you that, outside you, of the Earth is no, the crust. That's fine. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we've got the crust on the outside. And that's the stuff we stand on. Inside that, we've got yeah. yep. the the mantle. I you think can, it's you called can do it, Peter. What's on it? What's on? Yep, yep. And then we've got yeah, yep. You're you're right. Something else inside of there. I had this earlier. I already forgot what it was. I believe under it's the outer core, Peter. After okay, the so there's an outer core and an inner core. Is that yes? Well, no, yep. There we go. So we've got the upper mantle, the lower mantle, outer core, inner core. There we go. You'd think that I'd be able to remember it. It's not that complicated. I don't remember. There's four science. things, Peter. It's four things. <laughs> Two of them are the same because it's just the inner and outer. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, at the very center. Of all of this is a ball, as that as far as we know is composed entirely or almost entirely of nickel and iron, and that spins okay. along with the Earth, right? Well, apparently, science, science, yeah. They measure the rate of spin of the ball at the center using se- seismic waves created either by earthquakes. Or anytime okay. there's a nuclear weapon detonated that causes enough seismic waves that they're able to measure the Earth's Reverberation. Form. Yeah, exactly. So what scientists have been noticing, though, is that the waves have been changing over time, the wave paths. And it seems like, um, let's see, so since the 60, 1960s, they've been documenting this stuff. And beginning in 2009, there was some anomalies that were popping up. And it looks like okay. the ball center of the earth stopped spinning and then flipped and started spinning the other direction so Whoa, i don't think anybody kind of like when you're watching a fan start you when a fan starts spinning it, 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 it kind of looks it, like it's going it one look, way yep and then, it, and then it stops and it looks like it's going the other way it's like that but i think in real it's actually happening instead of just being an optical illusion and oh. i don't know what that means for us but you know maybe we'll all die are we all gonna die probably eventually what do scientists have any idea about this thing? Uh, not as far as I have been able to discover. Um, they think that in okay. 1971 it stopped spinning. As far as they know, it started again. You know that they, they uh, that's their belief is that it started again and now it stopped and started again. So we all survived the 70s. Well, we didn't all that's survive true. the 70s. That's true. Well, that's very mysterious, yeah. Peter. My next story is a mystery, too, that also doesn't have a a reasonable explanation. Because public land rangers in Utah have an actual mystery going on in Utah. Okay. Because strange contraptions have been popping up on mountaintops and hilltops and ridges, foothills. All around Salt Lake City. And they have no idea why. Peter, these things are made out of an antenna, a solar panel, 
and a locked battery box. All of that has been found on top of the highest points. The officials have said that they have spotted over a dozen of these so far in the area. One antenna array was even set up at the summit of Mount Wire, which is over 7,000 feet high in Utah, at the very top of it. Okay. So, city trail manager Tyler Bonnero said this, These towers have been bolted into different peaks and summits and ridges around the foothills. It started with one or two, and now it might be as much as one or two dozen. Dang. Wow, Peter. That's yeah. That's weird. Isn't Utah where they had those obelisks show up was like two years ago? I was just about to mention that. This is exactly right, Peter. This is eerily similar to the strange, en- enigmatic monoliths that started appearing in 2020 mm-hmm. in the height of uh, the lo- the lockdown. The lockdown, yep. So yeah, dozens of monoliths were found not not only in Utah, they eventually spread to everywhere like Vancouver. I think some of them popped up in France and the UK. Yeah, it's unclear who is installing these, but whoever they are, they don't have any permits. And right. they checked with all of the universities of the area, and none of them are doing like a research project which might need these sort of things. Sure. But so they're just That was their first guess that it was a research project. Yep. Yeah. Well, it seems like if you've got an antenna, a solar panel, you're either sending or receiving signals from somewhere. So it makes sense if yep. they're trying to collect data on well, something. What do, you, but... what do you think their number? What do you think their number one idea, their theory is, Peter? I mean, I would think if it was me, I would think it's you know just sure. some random like UFO group that is trying to track. Okay. Track down some some ufos that's not a that's not a bad idea, Peter, but they think that it's actually being used to maybe mine cryptocurrencies, Peter okay, in particular, one type of cryptocurrency called helium. if you've ever heard of this one uh, Peter. no that's a that's an element Stevie. Uh, you use it to make your voice it go is higher. an element, but it's also the name. It's the name of this cryptocurrency ah. that apparently relies on a wide network of antennas to provide coverage to solve cryptocurrencies. Weird. And the bigger one's network is, the more tokens that they can create by solving the encryption oh, process. Okay, so I, I don't but, understand uh, cryptocurrency at all. And every time I hear about hmm. a new crypto, it just confuses me even more because how just how does that even make sense well peter well according to something called the motherboard helium miners can use online articles to learn how to create solar powered rigs and deploy them in urban and rural areas in fact there's a whole reddit helium page unsurprisingly that shows users users bragging about the elevation at which they were able to set up their antennas. Okay. But, so this might be an maybe. easy solve to this, but we don't actually know. This could be maybe some clandestine clandestine thing going on. I'm still hung up on how it matters yeah. how far away your antennas are from each other for how much. Yeah, I don't. Because don't, uh, isn't the whole thing, like, with the 
like that they like solve problems. Yes. Well, that's that's that one specifically okay. like Bitcoin. I suppose each one can maybe do something different to verify itself. I mean, but I've I've never just like heard all of other forms of money. It is I've all never heard of this one. So. Well, Fonero said that quote as long as it's not dangerous, we don't really care. We just want people to stop doing it so we can get back to taking care of our roads oh and lands. Yeah. If someone wanted to put up an antenna in the exact same location for a scientific purposes, we'd allow it with a proper mm-hmm. permit. So you could they just, can just pay the government yeah. a little bit of money and then they'll just do it like you do it. Is helium worth anything? I, I'm going to look this up here. I've, I didn't. I'm kind of curious now, helium. you know, like maybe it's just it's not it's cost helium, effective to get the permits because you're not making any money on the on the on the crypto. Uh, powered by the Helium blockchain, this is the People's Network represents a paradigm shift for decentralized wireless infrastructure. Helium has a 24-hour trading volume today of $3.05 million. It's uh looks like it's relatively popular. So Helium is a global distributed network of wireless hotspots that create public long-range wireless coverage for helium devices. Hotspots mine and are rewarded in helium coins, the native cryptocurrency of the helium blockchain. Well, that's interesting, Hmm. Peter. Well, here's what I just discovered. You can can apparently, like, connect. These are, like, internet things. You can kind of connect to the the helium here. Oh. Interesting. I'm not smart enough to fully understand this, Peter. No, same. But I guess these are trying to Helium's trying to like replace internet capabilities with their own blockchain cryptocurrency funded network. Sure. So interesting. That's interesting. Well, now that I've I've looked up Helium a little bit, sure. It is ten percent the value that it was one year ago. So it, it looks like it crashed along with all of the other cryptos. Oh. So I don't know why people would all of a sudden be in a hurry to go out and start mining a bunch of it because it's been going downhill for two years. <laughs> Which means it's cheaper now, so you can buy it, buy mm. it cheaper. Mm. Get in low. It's It's been trending oh, down Peter, for two I don't years. Under, it's got to turn around. I don't understand helium, but I, you know what I do understand, Peter? What's that? A little bit more. Dogs. Dogs. And I think, I think this is my last story for today, so we'll go out on a little... Maybe a little more humorous one, Peter. Because dog owner Eric Torres, who he owns a pet store in, can you guess where he owns the pet uh, pet Uh, store, Peter? What state he owns the pet store in? It's Florida. Yep. In Doral, Florida. Well, he's facing Uh charges because he brought his Pomeranian. Little little yippy dog. Pomeranian dog. To a Miami Heat game. <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, he's not getting in trouble because he brought his dog, Peter. Okay. He's, he, he's getting in trouble because he dyed his Pomeranian to look like Pikachu. Oh, I think I saw a picture of this. Quote, it made NBA history because nobody's ever seen a Pikachu sitting next to an NBA player before. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> uh, well, Peter, Miami-Dade County Animal Services, we're not 
as enjoying this as everyone else was. Mm -hmm. Because they said that no animal should be dyed regardless of whether there's an ordinance prohibiting it, said the director Kathleen Labrada. Because she notes that it is, quote, unlawful for any person to possess, sell, or otherwise transfer within the county any dyed or artificially colored rabbit or other animal. End quote. Oh. And he possesses that animal. He does. Yeah. yeah. I, I did not realize that that was a thing that you weren't he's allowed trying to do. To fight. But... Yeah, he's fighting the charge, saying the dog is safe because he used dye that is safe for consumption. Mm-hmm. But he also has no plans to remove the dye. So it's gonna it's gonna have to grow out eventually, I guess. Get a picture of this. this guy here. I'll show you a picture of this here too, Peter. But yeah, what else? I think that's is that the end for today. All we have. I think that's all we got. Well, do you want to do Florida Man? Oh, we could do a Florida Man. All right, let's see. Hit me with a year, Stephen. How about two thousand and seven? You ready for this, Stevie? Let's do this, Peter. This is 2007. Police. Florida man thought he stole opioids, got laxatives instead. A Florida man accused of stealing pills thought he was stealing opioids until he realized he had stolen laxatives. The alleged pill thief, 56-year-old Peter Emery, thought he had swiped opioids but got a mouthful of laxatives instead. They're going to just repeat this same sentence over and over again. Cor- that's very that's, that's repetitive. Do. According to WPBF, Emery was caught on video, quote, entering a victim's locked box, end quote, at a Pinellas Park home last week. He poured the pills out from a bottle that was later labeled hydrocodone, acetaminophen, a pain medicine that can be highly addictive. However, Equate Gentle Laxative was inside the bottle instead. <laughs> According to documents obtained by the smoking gun, Emery reportedly admitted to ingesting two of the pills because he thought they were hydrocodone, but he threw them away once he figured out they were something else. Emery was arrested and booked on a felony charge and probation violation charges. I wonder how he figured out that they were something else after he took two of them. He definitely took them, right? Yeah, it said he took two of them, which I don't know what the suggested dosage (laughs) is on a gentle laxative, but I'm guessing two gets the job done. Uh, Yeah, so what's the, the Florida Man story for today? All right, so today's... Oh, this is a good one. Florida divers stole fishing gear and freed sharks in front of police chief. Two divers may face jail time after cutting and removing a fishing line that they claim was entangled with vulnerable lemon sharks. The two men from Palm Beach County in Florida were convicted on December 6th of stealing fishing gear in federal waters. The captain and mate, 56-year-old John R. Moore Jr. and 29-year-old Tanner J. Mansell, each face up to five years in prison as well as fines of up to $250,000. Moore and Mansell run a business taking tourists to swim and dive with sharks in the waters off Jupiter, California. California, Florida. Jeez, I can't read. In August... Let's just get to the important part. Okay, so they... (laughs) They found the... They found these sharks with uh, hooks in their mouths, So they cut the line, took the hooks out, whatever. Um, Moore claimed he thought that the line was illegal and abandoned ghost set. And that the sharks attached were lemon sharks classified as vulnerable on the international union for conservation of nature. Red list. 
They proceeded to cut the line and haul in, quote, more cool. than three miles of line, weights, ganyans, and a marker buoy. Uh, at least 19 wow. sharks were released from That's the line bit. in the process. <laughs> uh, and these sharks are okay? The sharks are okay. Um, however, it turns out that the, the buoy that they eventually got to after three miles of line um, came from a commercial fishing line. Sure. And oh. so Moore actually called the... Uh, police and told them that he had found an illegal shark fishing line with entangled sharks and cut them loose. Oh, it's now it's just a bunch of complicated legal stuff, but basically, well, that's, I think that's yeah. fine. Three miles of line. And apparently that's just a thing that people well, are allowed to do. That's a lot of sharks. He cost, yeah. he cost this commercial We've fishing learned, operation thousands learned. of dollars. Well, Peter, at least these peop- these sharks aren't eating people like we uh, learned about a couple weeks ago. True, true. Sharks the Indianapolis. not eat very many so people. That's a, that's a plus. But sometimes they do. Well, let's, uh, I think that'll be it for today, everybody. I think so. So we got... Well, uh, what do we have to say here? We have to thank our Patreons. Gotta, yep, thank for, our Patreons. We'll, we'll thank our Patreons first. Uh, we have Joshua Jones, woot, woot. Timothy Bergstrom, woot, woot. and Matt Sukup. Woot, woot. Uh, if you feel like anyone else feels like like you enjoyed what you just listened to, even though it was a hot mess, <laughs> well, a buck a show. That's all we ask. Uh, stop by our Patreon, and you'll gain access to some bonus episodes. Should have another we, one coming uh, out very soon. Really, so that almost every month. I think the plan is Monday. I don't now. Peter has to do it on Monday because I just right. said it out loud. It, it's been said, even though this will be out after Monday. So True. it should already it should already be out by the time you listen to this. As everything goes to plan, it but, should uh, be out. So give us your alrighty. money. Uh, you can follow us at TKU Podcast on Twitter. On tweeters. We have a subreddit r slash the known unknowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Discord link in our episode description. You'll enjoy mm-hmm. talking to all of our fun people here and our other people that are also in the Discord. Mm-hmm. And, well, we should have a new episode this week. I hope you enjoyed. Our, we release every Tuesday. So, one of you, have a great day. And always remember that even if it isn't true, you must believe in the unknown. Must believe in the unknown. So, we'll Especially if it's the Loch Ness Monster of days, in North Carolina. We're going to keep talking about that Loch Ness Monster forever, just, aren't we, Peter? She's just going to keep coming up. It's it's, it's my second favorite cryptid. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see all you fine folks. Well, we'll talk about your favorite one sometime. Some, sometime. Eventually. Yep. We'll get Bye, to Bye, everybody. It. Bye now.